0: Welcome to the Founders Focus Podcast, an open conversation with TechCorp founder, Gary Beach, and those who care about the future of technology. For more than 25 years, TechCorp has worked to ensure K through 12th grade students in the United States have equal access to technology programs, skills, and resources that enhance early learning and prepare them for college or career. Founders Focus invites you along for the journey as we examine technology and how it impacts the way we work and live.
1: Hello and welcome to TechCorp's Founders Focus podcast series. My name is Gary Beach and I am Vice Chair and Founder of TechCorp. We're excited today to start a three-part series focusing on corporate America's role in creating a more diverse technology workforce. In this series, we will speak with three technology executives. Jermaine Henson, Vice President for Software Development Services at Nationwide, Greg Ticchetti, Chief Information and Strategy Officer at State Auto Insurance, and Kim Snipes, Executive Vice President CIO for Consumer and Digital at KeyBank. Why is diversity such an important issue? Research reports reveal companies with more diverse workforces are one, more productive, two more innovative three they more easily attract and retain talent and four they have more satisfied customers but a recent report from the equal employment opportunity commission says tech workforces are overwhelmingly white asian males under the age of 40. moreover corporate cultures that are inhospitable to women caused more than 50% of female technology workers to leave the field within five years. More has to be done, and thankfully more is being done. And today we conclude our series with part three, where we're going to talk with Kim Snipes from KeyBank to share ideas on how to create a more diverse technology workforce. So let's get started. Uh, Kim Snipes, thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, it's our pleasure. Kim, let's get started by, uh, if you could please explain, you have a fascinating role at, at KeyBank in terms of being the CIO of consumer banking and, and, and digital technology and services. That's quite a lot on your plate. Uh, tell us about your role.
0: Sure, it, it is an exciting role, Gary. Um, I, as you mentioned, um, I am the CIO at KeyBank for their consumer bank, uh, which means all the technologies that you think of that run a consumer bank. So if you think out in the branches, you think the ATM, um, you think uh, the the different core systems that, that allow you to make loans, that allow you to set up deposit accounts. And then I also have the consumer digital, which means all those digital properties that we leverage to um, touch and interact with our customers, our consumer customers, all that development and support of those applications happen in my organization. And it is Absolutely a exciting and fun job to have.
1: How many folks are on your team?
0: Um, Roughly around 700. Um, That does include, um, we have a, um, I have an operation space uh, for the wealth area. I I actually have the operation side as well. Uh, But if you take that aside from a technologist, uh, probably around 500 to 600 um, folks that are uh, there to support our consumer bank and consumer digital.
1: That is a, that is a big, big uh, staff you've got there. Kim, as we said before uh, we started to roll on this podcast, uh, you know, everybody has a story in terms of their tech career. And if you could share with our listeners, what was your story as, as a young woman uh, getting enamored with technology? When did it happen? Who were your influencers? Uh, just just uh, uh, share with us your thoughts there.
0: Sure. Uh, it, it was kind of a defining moment for me that I still remember when, way back when, in the, oh my gosh, I'll date myself, but um, at, back in the 70s where my dad brought home an Apple computer. for, and, he, and it's me and my sister, so just the, the two girls, and brought home an Apple computer and really opened us up to the world of technology. And, and what it also did is sent a signal to me um, that didn't didn't make it a um, something that you would only think a boy would be interested in versus a girl being interested. So it, it immediately didn't know it at the time, but it unlocked for me something that was new and exciting and there's no reason I couldn't take advantage of it and learn it and get interested. And from that point on, um, it took me through high school learning some of the coding into college um, and I will tell you, in college, I knew the CIO type of role where it's that intersection of business and technology that enables the business was absolutely where I got my energy, my passion, and really was hoping I could take my career.
1: Uh, that was, you were way ahead of your time. In uh, fact, one of our other guests uh, was talking about how their parent brought a computer home and they took it apart and they looked at it and I can remember those days of uh, lugging around an Apple IIe computer, if you could believe it, on a knapsack yep. in a New York City subway system going down to Penn Station. Wow. But, uh, you know, times times have changed. Um, what is uh, Key Cor- uh, Bank's relationship with Tech um,
0: We Key is definitely familiar with the, the organization and really feel like we share similar values around the importance of technology education and infrastructure, and also the importance of really being a strong advocate uh, for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I feel like um, understanding tech corps, uh, corp, we, we definitely have a very um, similar agenda, similar passions.
1: Well, I, we appreciate your, your support. Um, and possibly the seminal question here today uh, and we'll branch off it as we go through, is, is this, why, why, and when you were mentioning in the, in the 70s when your dad you know, brought home the Apple computer, um, I've been in the industry since about you know, 1979, and in research of the magazines and newspapers that I've worked on you know, for those 40 plus years, it always was an 80-20 split in terms of male versus female. And it still is today, uh, although it's, it's it's getting a little bit better in in high school. But why does an uh, industry as vibrant as as technology? Why do we still find it difficult to to create a diverse workforce?
0: Sure, and I think um, this organization, TechCorp, uh, understands this um, so so intimately, which is those stereotypes of what is something boys would be interested in or girls would be interested in start at a very early age. Um, I think through my interaction um, of trying to really be an advocate for more diversity in tech, um, heard through through my um, education that it happens as early as middle school, that mm-hmm. all of a sudden um, we send societal um, signals that says something is a boy thing versus a girl thing. And I think even to this day, um, those stereotypes still permeate. And I think it starts, that's why I think you have to really start all the way back then at that moment when, when kids are starting to feel like um, they're, they're identifying as their gender and they're hearing some societal um, kind of uh, uh, undercurrents. That tell them maybe that's not um, that's not the area for them, and I think that's it, it still exists. Um, oh, yeah. So I think that's part of it. It, it starts as young as that. You got to get that whole pipeline healthy. You can't have one um, more tenured um, senior level uh, uh, technologist. And expect to see a different 80-20 if you don't start all the way back there at, at that young age.
1: It's systemic, and it is the entire pipeline. And here's some encouraging news, along with what you said, uh, that in 2019, uh, the National Center, Center of Education Statistics uh, reported that 21% of all computer science uh, degree earners were women. But that gets back into that you know, 80-20 we we're just talking about. However, in 2020, the percentage of people taking AP computer science testing was in the mid 30s. So we are making some 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 progress, and you know that'll that'll uh, I think will be on the shoulders. It's such a complex challenge because there's so many stakeholders, you know, in this in this in this challenge we have. There's there's uh, Educational institutions from K to higher ed, of course, administrators, uh, parents, elected officials, and of course corporations like, like KeyBank. Um, what role uh, should corporations, and really two part question, Kim? What role should corporations play in making the technology workforce more inclusive? And what what are you doing at KeyBank? Maybe you could share a couple of things what you're doing there. So first, you know what 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 does the industry have to do to interact with those other stakeholders I mentioned?
0: Sure, um, and I do believe uh, corporations have a big part to play, and I think it's multi pronged. I think they first they have to be active in the communities and really help with breaking down these stereotypes. Uh, doing their part to enable and uh, inspire young generations to pursue these careers. And I, I absolutely think that, and I've seen that in my career at different institutions, um, a, a corporations stepping up to do that. Um, I think then if you think about the workforce directly of the company, it's being very intentional and taking the time to find those diverse, the diverse candidates, because based on what you just said with the population, maybe the population mix would say, um, it, it will take a little bit more energy, but let's, but if you take the time, you, you think differently about maybe where you go to um, uh, source that those, um, your candidates, you tap your own network, right? As you do get wonderful, talented, diverse folks in, in your organization, tap them to help you find more Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's being very intentional about finding those diverse candidates. And then that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's the starting point. The next piece is retention is key because, again, I think we've all call it the leaky pipe, right? Um, You get them, you get folks maybe early in their career and then you wonder where did everyone go by the time you go to um, positions like mine and and beyond. And retention is really about um, investing in that talent. Making sure you don't lose sight of that talent in their career, um, and and you start from the day they join the company, and and you continue to invest, um, and don't lose them as as they go through their career. And I feel like um, that is that is something that every corporation has to be very active in. It's not going to happen naturally. Um, you know, it just won't organically happen. You have to put rooms of energy against it. And, um, and I think also, I think corporations, and I'll tell you something Key's doing that I'm very excited about, um, can actually help expand the population of diverse technologists. And an example we're doing at Key is what we call the Tech Ready Program. We have we have seen a lot more diversity in our operations areas. Um, and the folks that are in operations have a high, still a very high aptitude towards um uh logic and ra- and reasoning and analytics and those type of things. So what we've done is tap that that population and offer them the opportunity to take a training and we put them through a um if they volunteer, we do a 14 week coding boot camp. Um right now we we did our first pilot with tech elevator. Um, Out of them, we bring them out of their jobs, we train them, and then we put them actually in tech roles, and now their career in tech has begun, and we're very exciting. We've already placed our first cohort, and we're working on our next cohort cohort of 15 additional folks, and we're seeing great um, success here because we're, we're tapping into a diverse population we already have in our company. And we're giving them opportunities that they might have wanted earlier in career and just didn't get that chance, ended up where they did. And and we're reinvigorating their their passion about tech and giving them and investing in
1: them. So now it's kind is, of
0: exciting. So I think there's a lot of ways we can help.
1: That, that is an exciting program. And it maps uh, well to, to a report that came out just the other day that uh, there's about 4 million tech workers in, in our country. Uh, and the unemployment rate, Kim, is 1.5 percent. I mean, so there—it's only 60,000 jobs that are there that are uh, that are open at the time. Yet there's about 300,000. Uh, so the 60,000 people looking for work, there are 318,000 open tech jobs in in the country, yeah. and. So we don't just have a skills crisis; we have a, a a job shortage. And the programs like you're doing with Tech Ready uh, are 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 so admirable. I mean, that whole aspect of of upskilling and reskilling and retaining the talent you already have. I I th- my hat's off to you. I I I uh, I think that's that that's really really good. Um, if I could just tangent off, like, do you think not only tech company, well, KeyBank is 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 well. You've you've been to as many conferences as I, and people will be on stage saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm the CIO of of KeyBank," but really we're a technology company that just happens to be a bank, right? You know, so we're all technology workers. Um, do you think businesses are too selective when they're doing their normal posting, whether it's on LinkedIn or whatever, uh, you know, the proverbial uh, entry level job? five years of experience needed is that is that pushing aside possible diverse candidates that that, that uh, could come into the pipeline
0: um absolutely and that's i think why we we took the tech ready as an acknowledgement of that right that there's um w- to the we all talk about there's the war on talent the war on talent well if you're going out and trying to find someone completely ready made for your position, then you and 10 other organizations are all vying for that. But if you can bring someone that has the attitude and the aptitude and maybe something that, that is lever or foundational to leverage, you can invest in them. And what you get by doing that is one, you will get that technologist you want, and you will get someone that feels a level of, um, loyalty is maybe too strong of a word, but they definitely feel invested in. And so to have a company that, that you feel like invested in you, you're going to have a, a, maybe a different type of longevity with that company than someone that, you know, a, um, came in and could work there, but could work other places. And maybe they don't feel that same level of investment. So um, I absolutely uh, feel that that's a, a, a big component of, of how we have to think differently about what we're going out and looking for. And realize, and we, we have at, um, at Key, we also have a program called Future Ready. We acknowledge we're gonna have to do the investment and in the training. We have a, an extensive now set of, of courses and ability and, and um, enablement to allow our um, folks to find their passion in technology, get educated, and be able to look for opportunities. For example, we do gigs, right? So someone that wants to learn about, let's say RPA, we have the ability to learn about it. And then we have gigs that they can sign up for and start to actually put that to use while they haven't necessarily moved roles yet. Um, So I think that's an example of, again, if I was looking for someone in RPA that had to have five years of experience, et cetera, that's one thing, but we're finding amazing talent if you're willing to make some level of investment,
1: yeah. And my son is—I uh, kid him. He works for a financial services company in Manhattan, and uh, he's into RPA. So his title is director of intelligent operations. So I kid with him and said, I "Do like you have it. a counterpart that's director of unintelligent operations?" <laughs> <And> he <laughs>, laughs at me, and then I said, all right, just, you know, let's move on." Um, but one of the things I was talking, uh, I came to somebody last week, and this person was kind of saying that high, the era of hybrid work might be a way of, of accelerating the amount of women who either stay in the workforce or, or decide to come into it. Uh, uh, so firms that, that, that wouldn't have thought of hybrid cultures and are now, do you, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Um, I, I definitely think um, we, we've all heard one of the challenges for um, a, a lot of times women in the workforce is just this, and I feel it myself as a mother of a seven-year-old uh, daughter is just that tug and pull of trying to balance your family life and what you may want to aspire in your family life and also what you want to aspire in your personal life. And, and that has made, I've met many successful women that said, Hey, I, I tapped out for a while out of my professional and some were lucky enough to tap back in. Some uh, some find it hard to, to make that journey. And I know COVID, the pandemic really um, took a toll also on, on some families that the women felt the need to exit the workforce for now, just based on all that was happening because of the pandemic. So I think having that hybrid model, and what does that really mean? It means creating an environment that is supportive Of women that are, that do have that need, you know, are trying to balance. And I think that's an an important element here. And and I will tell you for me, it's also, um, I went on my quest and I think I finally found it for that company that has a culture that truly embraces diversity and inclusion. And that means embracing my needs. As both a, you know, a woman and as a professional. Um, so I think it's so, both. I think you, it's the right kind of hybrid model and a culture that really walks the talk.
1: And what would, if, if a, a talented, diverse female job candidate was sitting, come to sit in your office, what would be the three reasons why you would convince her to work uh, at your bank?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, first, and I did this. I was that woman two and a half years right. ago when I took my, key, my career to key. And I could tell you um, uh, the, the, the first thing was culture. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe strongly there's a lot of, you mentioned it, 300,000 wonderful tech jobs out there. You, um, there's great jobs. There's not always great cultures. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing is when you're looking at a job um, and a and a career, you look for a culture that you feel like can support you. And I will tell you that's that. If you ask me all my questions in my interview, it was to understand that. And and key um, under Beth Mooney and, and now with Chris Gorman, believe strongly in you bring your authentic authentic self to work. And I see it every day. I see the level of um, Camaraderie, collaboration, supporting one another when we need um, extra help, I, I witness that every day. So that's one reason I'd say you you come to cultures, you leave because of bad cultures. That mm-hmm. is definitely one. Um, two, honestly, um, the accessibility of leaders, I think is another important element to why I, I would say come to Key. Um, at Key, um, there the hierarchy is um, something that is um, transparent you don't see the hierarchy you have the conversations with different levels of leaders and um, it really feels like we're all there for the same goal and therefore i feel like um, the accessibility to any level of leadership to have conversations to to have an empowered voice that you can raise and say hey i I wonder why we're doing that, because that doesn't make much sense. Um, having that, I think, is I've heard so many people that have come to work at Key. They said, oh, my gosh, it's so refreshing, like that. I actually can have a voice and I can say it at different levels and it's it's welcomed. It's actually expected. So it's that. And then it's um, from a technologist. I'll go from a pure technologist. I want to go to a company that wants to be bold. Mm-hmm. and wants to wants to really stretch themselves from a technology perspective and again um I'll just tout cuz I'm proud of it for key when I was interviewing um key has probably I'd say one of the the best in class um devops programs uh, partner, uh partnered with google um and I think we we've shown that when we um invest and we make those targeted investments we could be at the lead of the pack or at the top of the pack. And I just thought that's the type of company I want to bring my technology passion to.
1: Well, I want to thank you for bringing that technology passion to us also here today uh, on, on this podcast. Just listening to you, uh, I could see what Future Ready, Tech Ready, bringing your authentic self and the transparency of the, uh, of, of the culture there at KeyBank I mean, you're knocking off the boxes on all four things that McKinsey said that we, that you must do in terms of being productive, innovative, attracting and talent, and, and I'm positive uh, you probably have hundreds of thousands, if not more, of satisfied customers. So on behalf of Tech For Kim, I want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, with that, uh, my name is Gary Beach. Thank you. I'm founder of TechCorp. Thank you for listening to today's podcast with Ken Snipes. Thank you.